The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Okay, welcome to another session of Monday Night Meditation from Newbury Buddhist Monastery. And I've been reminded to inform everyone that if you're hearing some pattering in the background, it's because it's, uh, it's uh, raining here. <laughs> so you may be able to hear the rain pattering on our roof here. Okay, so as usual, um, let us sit quietly for five minutes to calm our body, calm our mind. Five minutes and Aya Santa will uh, ring the bell when it's five minutes.
Thank you. I hope we're all feeling peaceful, settled, and ready for another session. I hope we can sit more tonight together. Um, what I'd like to start with is just to answer two questions which is, uh, which are frequently asked. And one of them, the first one is actually, um, what kind of, um, um, meditation is suitable for um, the various temperaments of uh, different personalities. So uh, I have a few here as taught by our teachers. So for instance, um, a person who is actually um, very attached to one's body, very self-cherishing and all that about one's body. So um, and also if we have a lot of desires for, for this and that, especially for relationships and all that. So one of the teachings is to uh, contemplate on the impurities of the body or even the nine stages of decay of a corpse. So if you want to find out more about the impurities of the body, I know that in the uh, Giriman, Girimananda Sutta, they have listed all the parts there in the Girimananda Sutta. And also in there, not only is uh, listed the uh, impurities for the body, is also there's also a contemplation on the danger of having this body, uh, the body which has a lot of afflictions, a lot of pain and suffering due to illnesses, different illnesses, or uh, when we are not treating the body well. Okay, so all these things are found in the Girimananda Sutta. And for a person who is uh, very prone to anger, Right, so of course, I think this everybody knows. Uh, meta meta meditation is the best. Yeah. So, not only uh, meta meditation. I think uh, in practicality, one has really to learn how to forgive, and uh, also to be compassionate to oneself as well as to others. Um, this is something that is not easy, especially when one is really very uh, deeply hurt um, by, of course, we always blame the other person for hurting us. But according to the Buddha's teaching, it's always we, ourselves, who allows ourselves to be hurt due to the attachment of a self and also due to the big ego there. So these are things that it's not really easy for any Buddhist to really overcome unless we really put in a lot of right effort and also to be uh, very humble and um, ready to put the Buddha's teachings into practice. And we have to give ourselves time. And also to be able to forgive is actually to be able to let us heal our hearts of past uh, uh, pain and uh, hurt. So all these things are things that we can actually help to prepare ourselves for meditation with the right topic to overcome anger. And of course, as I say, uh, it is uh, very important that we practice it every day in our life. So the first thing is to learn how to forgive. Without forgiveness, we will always be trapped in our anger and our hatred. And it is really very, very difficult to move forward uh, in one's uh, cultivation or purification or even what we call mental cultivation. It will be very hard if one is trapped in um, anger and hatred. Okay, so for a person who is arrogant, now a lot of times when one is arrogant, we may not ex uh, identify it. We may not be aware that we are arrogant. But sometimes there may be uh, instances of a little uh, moments when we 
may realize that oops, that sounded rather uh, egoistic or something like that. So if we find that there's a tendency to react in a very arrogant way, or when we receive feedback from others that um, uh, what we're doing or what we're saying uh, actually um, is not very pleasant and is uh, undermining or belittling others, then it is really time for us to really uh, uh, take stock of our attitudes. And for uh, countering arrogance, uh, what our teachers have taught us is to contemplate on the different realms of beings. Okay, now we are in the human realm, a realm where we have uh, what we call dark and bright karma, and also a realm where we can actually train ourselves towards enlightenment. But um, uh, we have to understand that if we don't behave um, and conduct ourselves properly, then it is very likely then that we may be reborn into the lower realms okay, of suffering. So uh, this is one way of uh, contemplating to overcome arrogance. Uh, we don't want to fall into the lower realms. We don't want to fall into the animal realms. Although I think some people say, that, oh, it's so lovely to be a dog or a cat in Australia because they get all the extra special love from the masters and mistresses. They are well taken care of. Their lives are much better than uh, human beings of other countries and all that. But really, if you look at them, I mean, we do have... Um, uh, a little beautiful dog that comes to our monastery every day you know it it will be waiting there looking at you pitifully for you to say hello to say good morning or to, to even give uh, uh, him a, a piece of something to eat and all that so i don't think i want to be uh, uh, born as an animal um there's really a very um, restricted kind of movements and you really need to depend on others, uh, uh, human beings especially, to really take care of us. And also, well, sometimes animals do have the opportunity to do good, but a lot of times animals do not have that opportunity to do really good deeds. So it's very hard to really um, uh, uh, generate good karma. So I, I do know that, um, yes, animals do have lovely lives if they are treated as uh, family pets and all, but in the end, I think to have a human uh, birth is uh, very important. Of course, we are uh, not going to touch on Deva realms and all that. That is, of, of course, another realm that um, uh, most people would look forward to being born in, the Deva realm. Um, but as a human, I think that's good enough for us to be able to practice well. Okay, so for, for, for one with arrogance, okay, um, please do contemplate on the different realms of beings uh, because uh, if we don't have uh, what we call the uh, wholesome deeds and all that, we probably may fall into uh, the unhappy, woeful states. Okay, so that is um, not upkeeping at least the five precepts, okay? Uh, besides being egoistic and uh, hurtful and all. Okay, for one who is... Uh, having a lot of fear a lot of times fearing of this fearing of that okay a lot of times i do find that uh people do speculate into the future and then they worry themselves and uh, uh uh how to say um believe that 
negative things will happen because of certain kind of speculations that go in their mind. So then that fear factor will come in. And not only will this fear factor affect uh, the person who is experiencing it, it may also have an impact on those people around them. So what happens if we do have all this kind of fear? I mean, if it's due to speculation of things that uh, will happen into the future, we do not know exactly what will happen. And as our teachers have mentioned many times, <clears throat> we really have no idea uh, what we plan for, what we aim to uh, hope for, uh, whether they will turn out the way we want it or not. Most of the time, it doesn't happen the way we want it. Sometimes we may be lucky, it happens the way we expect it to happen, but a lot of times things happen differently. Now, what about fear? Fear in situations when we are, for instance, uh, many people say um, they are afraid to be alone, they are afraid to be caught in the dark, they are afraid of, um, sorry, situations where they have no control over and all that. Now, these are also very complicated situations, but um, at certain times when you really find that you have a lot of fear of uh, things that is beyond your control, what um, our teacher does teach us is if you are a Buddhist, of course, this is if you are a Buddhist, then of course you can recollect the uh, qualities of the Buddha or the Dhamma Sangha, especially the Buddha. You can actually visualize the image of the Buddha. Yeah, so um, having this kind of visualization can actually uh, calm us down and hopefully to overcome the fear. But if you have um, um, another religion, perhaps um, visualizing um, the the teacher uh, of your religion may also be helpful to you. Okay, like if you're a Christian, perhaps uh, Jesus Christ, or if you're a Catholic, J Jesus Christ, uh, what do you call Mother Mary or whoever. Yeah. So all this, even sometimes, you know, uh, visualizing an angel uh, coming to help us and all that, all these things do help us. But of course, we don't want to indulge too much into that. Right now, uh, the important thing is to really uh, know how to overcome the fear factor. And there are suttas in the suttas where the Buddha did say that uh, for one to be able to overcome the fear factor, we really have to face the fear factor itself and then see what is happening and look for ways to overcome it. All right, so the other thing is about um, ignorance. Okay, ignorance is another factor that is very hard for oneself to be aware of uh, is the, due to ignorance that we do a lot of things uh, that is not wholesome and if we are very arrogant at the same time ignorant then of course we'll create a lot of uh, unnecessary happiness and suffering for ourselves and for others so again when it comes to ignorance uh, we have to be very humble um, there will be feedback from other people around us or from our real friends who are, are brave enough to tell us uh, about our action of body and speech, which are not really skillful or wholesome. If we are humble enough, we probably will be able to acknowledge that we are indeed ignorant. And uh, maybe the other word to use is delusion, deluded, and, and to find ways to overcome it. So uh, what has been taught to overcome uh, uh, being ignorant is to uh, contemplate on the 12 links of uh, dependent origination, the cause, the cause and effect thing, right? So these are the things that uh, I 
will briefly touch on tonight and if you want to go further into that you can actually look up for the suttas just go to access to insights or sutta central to find all the suttas it will be there just type in the theme that you want to look for especially for access to insight just type, type in the theme that you like to look for and you probably get the relevant suttas uh, the numbers uh, there for you to refer okay now the other question um, that people do ask is about um, contemplation on emptiness or uh, uh, to, to meditate uh, 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 based on emptiness and all that now as I have mentioned earlier in my earlier talks I'm not an authority to talk on emptiness but Theoretically, we do have teachers who give us some uh, teachings about the meaning of emptiness. Now, I think the uh, uh, best explanation of emptiness and the different categories of em emptiness that I have come across is actually one that was given by um, Bhikkhu Bodhi. And um, it is actually mentioned in one of his talks. So he actually mentioned the word sunyata, emptiness, okay? When we talk about sunyata, most of us refer to them more in the Mahayana teachings. Theravada teachings, probably we don't hear a lot of them, but uh, recently when we did the um, Majjhima Nikaya, there were two suttas that taught, that touched on the topic sunyata, which is emptiness. So the topics are, oh, here it is, okay. Um, the two suttas that talk on sunyata from the, uh, the Majjhima Nikaya, middle length saying, is the Chula Sunyata Sutta, Sutta number 121, I believe, and Maha Sunyata Sutta, Sutta number um, 122. And the other sutta found in the Pali Canon that touches on uh, the uh, concept of emptiness is actually uh, the Kamabu Sutta, which can be found in the Sanyutta Nikaya. Okay, and that is um, explained into more in-depth about um, the cessation of perception and feelings. So, so when it comes to um, the term Sunyata in the Mahayana, of course, the Sunyata um, uh, concept is actually explained uh, very deeply and profoundly in the Hat Sutta. Right, and as I say, uh, we won't go into that in uh, detail because you really take someone who has a lot of practical experiences to understand the direct meaning of what sunyata is all about. But in the Pali Sutta, we do have um, emptiness described as empty of a self, right? Like, for instance, um, anatta is emptiness of the uh, notion of a self, anatta can be found. Um, to be explained by the Lord Buddha in the uh, Anatta Lakana Sutta, where the self is actually not a self-entity that just arises uh, without any conditions to it. So uh, the teaching of Anatta Lakana Sutta is uh, touching on emptiness of a self. Right. And of course, uh, they are also mentioned in the uh, Pali Canon about emptiness of phenomena. So I think in uh, some chants we chant about uh, Sabbe Sankara uh, Dukati or uh, Sabbe Sankara Anichati and then there's Sabbe Dhamma Anatati. So um, there are certain explanations that touch on emptiness. So 
emptiness is explained on different levels of understanding all right so tonight i will just briefly touch on the explanation given by uh Bhikkhu Bodhi, um about his um understanding of sunyata the word sunyata okay so venerable uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi explained the word sunyata in four ways the first way is um, described as a psychological um, sense of the mind being empty of greed, hatred, and uh, delusion. Right, so that can be found in the Majjhima Nikaya uh, Sutta number 43. Okay, so that is the Mahavedala Sutta. Okay, that is psychological sense mind empty of greed, hatred, and delusion. That's the first level of emptiness that uh, uh, is being explained in the teachings of Lord Buddha. And the second, uh, the second meaning that um, Bhikkhu Bodhi um, explained in terms of sunyata is the what we call ontological uh, meaning, which is actually the philosophical concern of the nature of existence. Okay, the nature of all, all beings. So this is called the emptiness of a self or emptiness of anything belonging to a self. Anything that is supposed to have a substantial nature, but in fact, they are all due to causes and effects. So again, you can find that explained in the uh, Sutta number 43, the Mahavedala Sutta. And there's another uh Sutta in the uh, Sanyutta Nikaya, uh, where the Sunya Sutta is being expounded by Lord Buddha. Okay, where Ananda was actually asking the Lord Buddha about what is empty, the world is empty. What in what respect is it referred to as the world is empty? Okay, so of course the Buddha uh, speaks about the world is empty of a self or anything pertaining to a self. That means you know the 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 six sense spaces and all that. So they are all causes and conditions, the, uh, which is actually empty of a self entity. It's all due to causes and conditions. The third explanation uh, Venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi gave is phenomenal aspect of emptiness. Okay, the philosophical concern with way things appear within an experience. All right, so these are things that may be uh, achieved in the meditative state on how to direct the attention to a very refined ways. Okay, by bringing the mind to what is uh, empty in a particular experience. Now again, all these things have to deal with our direct experiences. This is just a theoretical uh, explanation. And I, as I say, uh, we have to go into the deep meditation to be aware of how all these explanations can be experienced by us before we can understand what is being uh, uh, explained by these teachers. So meditation is very important. And of course, the fourth one is the Sunyata Samadhi. Okay, Sunyata Samadhi is uh, something that is very deep and profound, very high stage of Samadhi. And uh, according to uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi's teaching, there's this uh, uh, explanation where one really goes through the uh, meditative states where you actually... I think from what I understand, this is not written here, from what I understand, when one reaches the state of non-perception and no feelings. So this is what they call totally empty, 
uh, of uh, 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 any any uh, signs or cravings or desires or directions. Yeah. So in short, they actually have three three. Uh, characteristics to that state of emptiness there so they call it actually as a signless state or a state where there's no desire or wishes right and there's a, a total um, a void of greed hatred and delusion or self or ego so all these things are explained in the Pali Canon and uh, it is only through meditative states that one can really, really understand what is being um, expounded by Lord Buddha. So this is just uh, my attempt to answer the two questions that are often asked. If you really wish to uh, go into a deeper understanding of what uh, sunyata is or emptiness is, I would suggest that we first go into the first uh, stage of experiencing uh, what is uh, non-greed, non-hatred, non-delusion. Now that is uh, deep enough for us to go and experience, for us to totally eradicate no greed, uh, to totally e eradicate greed, hatred, delusion. Okay, so this is the first uh, explanation from Bhikkhu Bodhi about the word sunyata, a psychological sense of the mind being empty of greed, hatred, and delusion. Now, how, how can we do that? I believe that once we go into the jhanas, even in the, I strongly believe that even in the form jhanas, while we're experiencing jhanas itself, there will not be greed, hatred, or delusion because at that time, there will just be a feeling of bliss. All right. So I believe that in those early jhanic stages, we can actually experience the first explanation given by uh, Venerable uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi about this psychological sense of the mind being empty of greed, hatred, and delusion. And maybe this is what we should try to do for tonight by going into a longer period of uh, meditation and hopefully to experience the mind coming to a stage where it is just blissful and there's no uh, greed, hatred or delusion in there where the five hindrances is totally uh, either, I would say, maybe suppressed if we have not uprooted all our deformments or fetters that five hindrances of uh, what called greed, uh, uh, ill will, uh, restlessness and worry uh, sloth and topper and doubts can this five can be suppressed when we go into the jhanic stage of uh, the mind being empty of greed, hatred, and delusion. Okay, so that is a stage where um, you can hear the teachers often describe as a stage where you go into that um, uh, mental state with uh, no hearing, no sense of the body, no thoughts occurring. So tonight, let's do more of meditation. It's almost 8 o'clock now. Hopefully, we can do half an hour of meditation and we are able within this half an hour to really uh, become still. Well, I'm not asking anyone to hope for jhanic stages or anything because uh, asking you to, to go into that is actually giving you a big hindrance into your meditation. 
So let's just focus on our regular technique of meditation. Just use whatever technique you are most uh, skillful in and something that works for you. Even if something has not worked for you, I think the breath meditation, oh, actually, I think I forgot to mention that for anyone with uh, a mind that is very restless and scattered, the breath meditation is still one of the best meditation uh, topic to counter a scattered mind. Okay, so the four postures, the, and also, uh, uh getting into the, uh, mindfulness of the, uh, Satipatthana. Yeah, so it's also very important. So, um, whether you have had already experienced some, uh, good, um, uh, results of your technique that you feel you are comfortable with, whether you have that or not, it does not matter at all because every seat that we have, has to start from no expectation, totally no expectation. So that is actually quite difficult because if we do have some kind of experiences in our past seats, it's very likely that we may wish to go into that situation, that kind of mindful mental state again. Uh, but that is going to be a very big hindrance to us. So it is very, very uh, important that every seat that we have uh, begins with no expectation of anything but just to be uh, training our mind to be mindful with clear awareness of what is arising and seizing okay so let us take our sitting position properly I hope that everyone is seated comfortably and also to have a good posture the Buddha always speaks about having a, a straight erect back and uh, to have a focus in front of you. Of course, uh, the focus can be anywhere because the mind is not just in front or anywhere. But what I have realized through my experience is uh, when we have a straight back and not sitting slouch, we can actually feel the breath easier on your nos nostril, around your nostril, if your back is straight. Okay, so let's take a good position and um, try to go through uh, the basic um, pre preliminaries of um, uh, sitting uh, in a good uh, position, being relaxed, having a, a very relaxed posture, and then having your eyes closed so that you have one lesson space to uh, tend to, and whatever you're hearing or uh, having in a inner chats uh, and all that all this inner chattering and all that we know that it's just to be aware and then to really let go and fix your focus on the breath and if you are having difficulty in focusing the breath coming out from your nostrils then of course as a skillful means uh, there's always this uh, chance of buddha breathing in buddha breathing out though there's another skillful way of uh, focusing on the rising and falling of your abdomen, uh, where the in-breath is uh, rising and the out-breath is actually uh, the falling of the abdomen. Now, I don't really encourage you to focus on the chest area because that way your breathing is very short and shallow. Uh, it's better to uh, focus on the abdomen. Okay, so... Um, if we are ready, then we're going to have an hour seat. And if there's any questions, we can uh, uh, deal with that later. Okay, all the best to us. May we all go into stillness, okay, but with no desire. We just hope that it can happen by letting things unfold naturally, okay, with an effort on our part 
to be aware of what is rising and falling and then come pulling back the focus onto our breath again. Okay, according to the method that is uh, working for you or at least according to the method that you feel comfortable with. Okay, so here we go now. Quiet meditation until 8.30.
Hey, before you stand up, just give yourself a good rub to let the energy circulate well. Especially if you have any bodily injuries or any aches and pains there, use the energy from your seat to rub over those areas. Yep, it helps. This is what is keeping my almost 70-year-old body going. Keeping auntie's 83-year-old body going. So it does help. The energy from our meditation. Don't waste it. As uh, I may have mentioned before, our teacher used to tell us, you don't have to go for facials. Just use the energy from your meditation to rub on your face. You don't have pimples. You don't have wrinkles. <laughs> you have nice complexion. Okay, if you're ready, is there any questions? No? Yes. Oh, yes? I do. Uh, first of all, we do have our audience um, uh, saying that after watching news of floods in Australia, I don't know whether it's a he or she, um, I'm worried about um, the venerables. How are you all? Please take good care of yourself. Thank you so very much. We are on 800 over meters above sea level. If Newberry goes underwater, I think it is a very hopeless case for Australia. Really, thank you so very much. That's so kind of you to be uh, so concerned. I think um, what is happening now is really in New South Wales, I believe, where the dams that are giving way. Yeah, and um, yeah, um, I don't know what can be done um, hopefully something can be done to divert the, the floodwaters and of course uh, I mean as as, as uh, uh, people who are religious we, we are not able to go out there to do uh, what is uh, uh, possible we really depend a lot on our prayers we just hope that um, um, everyone will be safe I mean sometimes you just can't fight nature but we hope that at least uh, as uh, our uh, fellow brothers and sisters are out there facing all this, of course, there will be definitely this fear and worry of uh, uh, the uh, floods and all that causing what you call um, deaths and all that. We just hope that it won't happen. I heard from the news that this has not happened yet and we hope that people will be moved to higher grounds and safer grounds and hopefully the rain will stop. And uh, yeah. I really do not know what can be done, really, but we are very safe here. Thank you so very much. We are really very safe here. Is there any other question? So are you ready for the next question? Yes. Only one question, and that's from Luke. <laughs> oh, my dear Luke, hello. When are you coming? How far should one go with body contemplation? Some monastics promote asuba mm. meditation, but then other monastics advise against it. Mm. What are your thoughts? Okay, personally speaking, I mean, as a, even as a layperson, uh, when we were first learning the different kinds of methods for meditation, we were taught uh, asuba meditation. Now, it depends on the comfort level of each person. 
Now, we do have some students who actually gets a lot of fear of it. They really wouldn't dare go further, uh, other than the first few kind of, uh, first few minutes of contemplation because it really scares them to think of things that is really so unpleasant about their, their whole body. So I personally, I would encourage that unless you're a person who is really so lustful and really I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. When you when you look at the yeah, the opposite gender, you really feel that you must possess the opposite gender, or whatever. I do not know what's happening in the minds of people, but if you really feel that um, you have this kind of desires to have a, a physical relationship and all those things, uh, I I feel that having this uh, asuba um, meditation will help us. But it has to be something that you really can understand that. As the teachers always teach us, every one of us, okay, below the head of the head, below the head of the, uh, the, uh, the, I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing, below the hair of the head, below the head of the body, and then it comes to your teeth, and your, um, your nails, and your skin, okay, all these five external factors, right? They are the things that really make us look different from one another, and they either make us look beautiful or ugly, right? So, just remember that all this thing, the hair, the nails, and and the teeth, and all those things, they are actually held together, right, by the, the, the layer of the skin, right? So if we just remove the skin from every one of us, we all look the same. We're all just uh, uh, masses of blood, and muscles, and flesh, and sinews, and all those kind of things, right? So there's, I remember there's this uh, story about this um, prostitute, I think, what you call courtesan, who is so beautiful that uh, people will pay high prices just to, to, to have a night with her. But then, unfortunately, due to some kind of karma, she passed away uh, very young. So it was mentioned that uh, there was this uh, recommendation that, you know, get someone uh anyone who's interested to to come and have spend a night with this beautiful dead body nobody wants it they're just so scared yeah so it's always this this um uh what i call um a person with uh the external features that that attracts, then one feels uh, this lustfulness arising. So if we really look at the Asuba practices, it's really to help us understand the true nature of each of us. We are all the same under the skin, under the different uh, kind of appearances that is actually um, uh, 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 what do you call attracting uh, I would say um, entanglements for ourselves. <laughs> okay, right? We always feel that um, um, having all these kind of relationships and uh, even for physical contacts and all that really is very pleasing. Of course, the pleasure comes from the feelings that it gives to us, right? It's not from it's not from that that external form or anything. It's that it's the feeling that the external form is giving us uh, in our mind as an experience, and we actually are falling in love with our feelings, not with the external form or what we call the other person or whatever. So I would say do it if you feel comfortable. 
but it's not really necessary. I believe that if you really are just uh, looking for a peace of mind and to calm your mind, I think the best method is either um, to start with meta meditation or sometimes you may want to have a body sweeping uh, 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 experience first before you go into the breath meditation. Because if we are able to focus on the breath meditation, it really gives us that peace and bliss there. Yeah. So, uh, look, um, I would say, please, if you feel that you should, you wish to do it, you can, but it's not necessary. Not, it's not a very pleasant experience to really look at the various parts of your body unless you're ready to really look deep into the true nature of what is underneath the skin of ourselves. All right. Even the, I was actually talking about the uh, nine stages of um, uh, decay of a body. I mean, as a student, uh, we went through all this kind of meditation. And again, I mean, it doesn't uh, really mean that everybody does not uh, uh, want to go through it. But there are maybe a handful of uh, uh, meditators who feel nauseatic, right? Just uh, visualizing the various stages of decay of a corpse. Yeah. So all these things are up to the individual's uh, comfort level. If you're not ready to do it, please don't do it. Likewise, it's just that um, um, uh, teachers may encourage you to go for cemetery meditation. If you're not ready, please don't go there unless you're able, able to overcome the fear of uh, all this kind of uh, uh, what I call preconditioned mind that uh, in the dark this thing will happen, that thing will happen and then you know you, you, you probably live uh, in, in more fear and then it's going to cause a lot of suffering from for you instead of uh, going into a peaceful state of mind. So I hope it answers your question. Do it when you feel comfortable but it's not necessary. If you're looking for peace of mind, I would suggest Metta meditation or other forms of uh, Brahma, uh, Viharis uh, meditation, uh, compassion, uh, loving kindness, uh, mudita or equanimity. Yep, and then going to the breath meditation. That is enough. I do have one question on behalf of my friend in mm. France. Mm. She is going to have a tumor operation. Um, on this Wednesday, mm-hmm. any tips for her to calm her mind? Uh, do do you have a does she have a, is a she or he does he or she have a religion? She is not a Buddhist, but she has been actually uh, tuning into the guided meditation. <laughs> oh, okay. Now. Um, first and foremost, if you are not a religious person, then I, I would just encourage you uh, to, I mean, since you have been listening to uh, the guided meditation, I believe that you would probably have been listening to the teachings of the Buddha about uh, the body being uh, um, not a self. Okay, and this body is actually, as I was mentioning in the uh, Giri Mananda Sutta, the body is a source of danger, a source of all kinds of illnesses and all that. So it's, it's um, what we call a norm if our body fails to cooperate with us and fails to support us and starts to get sick. So first and foremost, if you have a religion that will say that yes please uh, focus on your belief uh, of your God or if you're a Buddhist then of course uh, contemplate on the confidence of uh, 
uh, the qualities of the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha and also your own virtues to support you. And most important thing is to have confidence in your doctor and the group of surgeons who are going to operate on you. I think it's very important to have the confidence in your, your medical team. And at the same time too, have to accept the fact that um, our life spans, um, there's nothing we can do to control it. We do not know when we have to go because the, the, it is a, um, a fact that with birth comes death. It's just a matter of when. Now, I hope I'm not frightening you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But it's just uh, hoping that we can be very, very uh, um, realistic that uh, anything can happen to this body. Anything can happen to our uh, life. So... Um, we hope that you have the positive state of mind that um, the doctors that is attending to you, I mean, of course, it depends on what they have told you so far. If they feel that, well, it's a pretty uh, high chance that you will be able to pull through easily and it's a very simple uh, surgery, then, of course, I think you will probably have a lot of confidence in that. But if the doctor gives you some other kind of advices, then, of course, it depends on how ready you are, ready, you are willing to to face uh, what you have to go through. So it's all very um, individual, uh, your acceptance of what is happening, and maybe you may even tell yourself, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. And then that makes things much easier. So as we have always been taught, so what if we worry? So, how, so what if we have fear? We can't change anything. We really can't change anything. It just makes us more anxious and uh, more uh, uh, frightened, that's all. So I hope that um, I'm not trying to uh, dampen your spirits, but rather to uh, encourage you to have uh, confidence in your medical team and also um, um, be accepting of whatever is happening. Of course, the doctors will definitely do their best uh, to, to ensure that you have a smooth and successful surgery. And I'm quite sure that if you have friends around you, there will be lots of press, which is actually very positive uh, energy for you. And then if you have uh, that uh, confidence in uh, whatever you're doing in life, that you have done a lot of good deeds and whatever, you have not been uh, uh, doing a lot of uh, unwholesome activities and all that, all this, all this, uh, good qualities of your heart, good actions of your body and speech and mind, probably they will help you to overcome a lot of things and hopefully this uh, surgery too. I hope it helps. Have confidence in the medical team and just uh, uh, prepare for whatever will unfold. But here, right now, we want to wish you all the best. Okay, uh, We hope that whatever... Um, uh, positive energy that is now um, here experienced by you who is listening in and by the five of us in this room um, and whoever is listening in I'm quite sure that they will now join me in wishing you all the best uh, in your surgery and please do not worry so much be positive so that uh, you uh, give yourself a better chance of uh, success and also to heal uh, more speedily all the best to you. If you are able to get your name onto our daily dedication of merits, we will start to include that tomorrow in our Sangha uh, chants for lunchtime.
if you're happy to give us the name, we will do that for you. Okay, all the best. Don't worry so much. Whatever will be, will be. The doctors will definitely do their best. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Aya. That's all we have. Okay, so with that, we like to conclude with the usual chance to the uh, uh, merit dedication for the for all beings, devas, uh, buddhas, and satas, and including ourselves too. So, dedication of merits, if the, you know the regular one that I chant, if you are able to chant together, then you chant together. Otherwise, yeah, we'll just um, follow through the, uh, what I call, energy of this chant. Okay, this is all good words, good words um, to share uh, whatever we've been doing this past uh, hour or so. Okay, all good this uh, carries with it good uh, energy and we like to dedicate this energy to everyone, especially those who need them. And of course, not forgetting ourselves too. Okay, so let's chant together. Akasata chabumata deva naga mahitika punyang tang anomori tuacharang ratkan tulokasasanang Akasata chabumata deva naga mahitika punyang tang anomori tuacharang Kantu desanang Akasatta chabumatta deva naga mahitika punyang tang anomoritwa charang ratkantu mang parangti Etavata cham hehi sapatang punya samparang sap Deva Anumodantu Sapasampati Sitya Etavata Jamhehi Sapatang Punya Samparang Sape Buddha Anumodantu Sapasampati Sitya Tia etavata jam hehi sapatang punya sampadang sape satta anumodantu sapasampati sitia idam menyati nang hotu sukita hontu nyatayo idam menyati nang hotu sukita hontu nyatayo idam menyati nang hotu sukita hontu nyatayo Sadu, sadu, sadu. So as the Metta Sutta has always uh, uh, been reminding me, whatever good we have done, may we dedicate our merits to all beings which we have done just now, to all the devas, which is heavenly beings, to all the buddhas, or spiritual beings, and all the sattas, all sentient beings. And the Ida Menya Tinanghoto is actually for our uh, beloved uh, beta, uh, departed loved ones too. And we also would like to include uh, uh, again, 
uh, not forgetting ourselves. We also wish to uh, that get married to um, all our family members and friends, and all whether they are our Dharma families or our biological families, wherever they are, we wish them to be well and happy and peaceful too, and also to stay healthy. And um, um, to all other beings, okay, who have no family members or family uh, friends uh, to perform merits on their behalf, we also like to invite you to partake in this merit making, and we like you to also be recipient to all the um, um, uh, what I call the merit secretary uh, from what we have done today and. From the past hour, uh, may all beings, whether known or unknown, seen or unseen, near or far away, born or to be born, may all beings be well and happy, may all beings be peaceful. So with that, we conclude tonight's session. Uh, may you have a good night and may you stay well, happy, peaceful, safe and healthy. Good night.